Hey everybody, producer Dave here. This week's member shows are all freebies at patreon.com slash echoplex. So head on over there, check out the member show, and if you feel like you get some value from it, go ahead and sign up at the $5 level and you can always get the member shows. Thanks. I know how to stand up to a man. I'm defenseless against that kind of female insanity. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their presses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I got everything I need. I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree. And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me. And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee. Just like my straight white male dad did to me. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. I've got a pile of broken mirrors and I'm walking under ladders and I'm spilling tons of salt, but to me that doesn't matter because my skin and my gender and my orientation are the best things to have if you live in this nation. I recommend it highly. a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hi everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree We do this show live every Wednesday on Twitch That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia you can um, find this on any podcast app that you podcast listen to on. I'm not doing a very good job of um, introducing the show tonight. Anyway, I'm producer Dave Blind Solo tonight. Homo Alono. HK is, I would say, on adventures, but unfortunately, HK, I believe, came down with COVID. So uh, critical support to HK, and uh, he'll probably be back next week. I was going to do a year in review today, but I didn't have time to get it together. Like I should have probably started my intellectual dark web year in review like a week ago. I thought I was just going to do it today. What a dumb thing to think. So instead of that, we're going to go ahead and check out uh, Beef Daughter. Uh, Michaela, Peter- M- Michaela Peterson has da- done an ask me anything for the people who give her money. So we're going to go ahead and check that out. And we're going to skip the intro here real quick. And we'll start on up. Projects I'm working on and the Peterson Academy. Questions that were asked on Instagram. If you weren't creating podcasts, what would you be creating? I actually don't spend very much time podcasting. I got so busy with other work last year that I dropped my podcast from twice a week to once a week. I think it was last October. I'm actually all these jump cuts are weird. Twice a week in January, doing in-person podcasts. So that should be a ton of fun. We have a studio in Miami now and 
I'm really looking forward to that. If I wasn't creating podcasts, what would I be doing? So what I currently do is I spend probably 60% of my time, maybe 70% of my time managing my dad's brand. I started the social media Dad started his own YouTube channel way back in the day. And you're not doing a very good job managing his social media, Michaela. And oversee that team. That eats up most of my time because he's doing so many different things. And I want to make sure people experience She's his handler. Like he is in real life. There was a lot of misinformation to counter. I also manage PR. So that's mostly what I do now. And then we're starting this Peterson Academy, which is launching next year, which is massive. And I'm insanely excited about it. Uh, that's where I'll be also filming my podcast. So we have a studio. We're going to be bringing professors in from all over the world, top professors to film eight hour lecture content to put on Peterson Academy. We're building in a social media element that's kind of like Reddit and Instagram. People will be able kind to of like Reddit and Instagram study groups and watch lectures and comment on the lectures and take notes. There isn't an app out there like this. We're going to be launching late next year. So I'm spending a good portion of my time managing that project. Basically, what happened was my dad's had this idea for an online university for a very long time. And we put out a course, dad's. Wait, what happened course. to that? Um, What was that? University of Austin that Barry Weiss was doing with all the people on Epstein's Epstein's flight list. Do you remember that? In 2018. What happened to that? And that was massively successful. So I was like, okay, dad should be doing more courses. That's what he should be doing. The books, but he should really be doing the courses other than the podcast. And so last year I thought we can do our own courses, right? We don't need another company. We can have our own production company and make our own courses. But couldn't we also make courses for other people? And couldn't we give people who deserve a platform more of a platform? And so the idea kind of sprang out of that last year. And then since last year, it's kind of morphed into, well, so like a fake university because university. he's been disciplined <laughs> by people. academia. I don't know if you noticed that today on production. We're going to be filming like 60 courses in the next year for Peterson Academy. I'm so excited. It's going to be massive. I think we can transform education. I think we can make education. Yeah, the jump cuts are like unnerving, right? And start to fight back against the massive scam that is particularly American universities. The amount of money that students are charged to take courses from ideologically possessed professors to leave them with like a ideologically pr possessed professors like your father to teach them that capitalism is evil and the reason they're in debt and don't have a job is because of capitalism and corporate greed even though they just overcharge for a university degree you can't use it's just a it's such a scam and so i think it would be really funny to get professors from like oxford and cambridge and stanford and u of t and mit and these massive universities, really top-notch professors, and then produce really beautiful courses, try to make the courses entertaining because you can learn from podcasts. You don't have to sit in a stuffy classroom and learn from a professor anymore. You can learn from podcasts now. So why, why can't you get a degree from education you can learn from that's entertaining online? Like, why can't you do that? You should be able to do that. There's a huge niche. As someone who loves jewelry, but also values long-term investment and doesn't trust the dollar, I was totally thrilled when I discovered Monet. No, 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 no. This is, a, this is an ad. We always skip the ads. I said what I'm doing. And then also, I've got my the Lion Diet part of my brand, uh, and I focus on that because I'm currently on that diet ruminant meat, salt and water. My parents are on that diet for autoimmunity and severe food allergies to everything. And I would not even be close to where I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed 
if I wasn't on this diet. So part of the money I make from the advertising that I do on my podcast, I put towards spreading information about the lion diet for free. If people are interested in that, I've got a ton of information. So when we first found out about Michaela Peterson, she was charging people like $300 for a Skype call to tell them to just eat meat, beef and salt. And I did a Q&A for my five-year lion diet experience, which I will link right here. And I am launching a hangover pill that I've been talking about off and on on my podcast for a while called After Party. Drinking on a carnivorous diet leaves you with a hangover from hell. I used to get bad hangovers before. Well, then don't diet, drink. I don't. I don't. Oh, so her diet is actually meat, salt, and vodka. This hangover pill, which is it's fun. It's dihydromyricetin. It helps you break down acetaldehyde, which is the toxic byproduct of alcohol. So you ingest alcohol, it works weakly on GABA receptors. Well, people aren't exactly sure how it works, but it seems to work on GABA receptors, which is why it makes you feel calm and relaxed and kind of giggly. And uh, your body desperately tries to break it down because it's toxic. And it starts producing acetaldehyde. And dihydromyricetin helps people break down acetaldehyde more rapidly. And they've done studies on rats that are conclusive that this works. So I'm launching that as well. Hey guys, I wanted to pop in to say After Party is now available. I know I talked about it So I grew up believing that if marriages failed, it was because you didn't know how to negotiate. That's kind of what I grew up believing, was if marriages broke down, it was because the people in the marriages didn't know how to negotiate. I don't believe that anymore. I think she's, is that because she's divorced now that she does? She doesn't believe that now? I don't want to get into details, but- God, how much, yeah, how much do you think those pills she's, uh, her hangover pill costs? At all. I have no difficulty negotiating. And I think if I had known that some people are just incompatible and that and if I had been told it's better to get a divorce than to spend years fighting and like suffering really in a relationship that's not good for anybody, uh, I would have got, got divorced sooner and I think that would have been better for everybody. I, I also don't like this kind of, and I think it's more in the red pill community or right wing community that women are basically blamed for the divorce epidemic. They're like, oh, 70% of divorces are initiated by women. It, and in the red pill community, it's kind of like, it, it's funny. In the she means like the manosphere. Like yeah, fault. that is a big manosphere talking point. She's not wrong there. Community, it's men's fault. My theory is everyone's crazy now. And that makes relationships very difficult. So yes, I guess the answer to that question was, it was very, very difficult to get divorced considering what my dad talks about. It made me stay in a relationship longer than I should have. I don't agree with the more conservative story of divorce that people are being told. I think being in a relationship that's not good for you, I think you should get out of that relationship. So if you're listening on the pod, you absolutely have to go over to YouTube or Odyssey or whatever and check this video out. The <clears throat> like the jump cuts, the edits, they're just com they're like very unsettling and it, it's edited like in places where I don't know I I have no idea why it's being edited. It's like mid-sentence edits. You can probably kind of hear it on the uh, audio that it's kind of jumpy and kind of herky-jerky, but you absolutely have to go check out the video on this one. Because the, like, Jordan, my current husband. She married amazing. a dude named Jordan. He's amazing. I have never felt this good before in my entire life. Hey, we can negotiate. He doesn't take anything I say personally, I which makes me 
which allows me to communicate, right? Because I don't feel like I'm going to hurt anybody's feelings. It's fantastic. So, Wait, how, what do you mean he doesn't take anything you say personally? I mean, in in a relationship, some of the things you say about somebody or to somebody, some of the things are personal. <laughs> like, what do you mean he doesn't take anything personally? It's your husband. Just because, like, if you're in a shitty relationship and it's killing you, don't think that you're just the problem. Next, how many children do I want? Okay, this is fun. I think children are amazing. I particularly like them when they're a little bit older. I'm not as much of a baby person, but I know my relationship with my parents now, I think above the age of 23, was just fantastic. And I really want that when I'm old. So I think I would like probably like four more kids. Whoa, don't have, no, 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 no. You're, you're like not However, a good I'm person to be a parent. This, but I don't care. I probably won't carry all of those kids. And the reason for that is, it, it depends, I guess, how my pregnancy, my next pregnancy goes. So I'm. Whoa, dude! I'm I'm not a um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert, but I would assume that you probably shouldn't be trying to carry a child if you're eating just beef and salt. I feel like, I feel like, when you're pregnant, you have like nutritional needs that go beyond beef and salt. Like, what's gonna? What the fuck? And oh, and booze. How that's fine actually it's true but i'm petrified of being depressed again when i get pregnant so with scarlet my depression came back and i've spent my entire life trying to fight my way out of depression which is why i'm on like only eating meat and salt and water like i have tried everything to get rid of depression and i'm not depressed i'm doing fantastic and i'm petrified that the pregnancy hormones are going to make me depressed and if i'm depressed then i'm less productive and if i'm less productive then all these projects i'm doing will at least slow down or at least they'll feel like they're falling apart they won't necessarily fall well, but apart. if you're pregnant your projects are going to slow down like you need to take care of your body while you're pregnant you do need more rest you you do need to like do things to reduce your stress and your workload when you're pregnant what the fuck is she talking about she's like all my projects will slow down well yeah you're pregnant but they'll feel like they're falling apart um when Peterson Academy launches, I'll have a hard time promoting it if I'm depressed during pregnancy and pregnant. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm extremely concerned about this. I've literally been praying about it. Like, please, <laughs> please don't bring the depression back if I get pregnant, when I get pregnant. If I have a, you know, the end of pregnancy is hard on women, period. That's fine. It's just, I don't want to be hit with pregnancy hormones and go crazy as soon as it happens and then not be able to work because not working kills me. So if the pregnancy goes well, then I will be having a bunch of children. If the pregnancy doesn't go well though, and I get depressed and by depressed, I don't mean anxious. I mean like suicidal because I don't, I don't get like anxious, depressed. I get like, I'm going to punch holes in walls and jump out a window depressed. And if that happens, I'm going to be egg harvesting and getting a surrogate because I'm not just because my brain is weird when and it's definitely weird I'm on this diet to stay sane doesn't mean I don't want to have kids plus I guess the benefit of a surrogate too would be I think some of these allergic diseases which I have in my family are passed on through the birth canal you inherit a lot of your microbiome from your mother and so maybe if I also didn't have the kid I think a lot of like the problems that she has are probably psychosomatic that doesn't mean her problems aren't real 
I just think that a lot of them, I don't think it has to do with her microbiome. I somehow think, I think somehow she's convinced herself that if she eats uh, like a regular diet, that it's going to cause depression and other, like other ailments. They wouldn't have the same kind of allergic disorder that I have. It's a theory. It's not a bad theory. So anyway, that's my answer to having children. I do want more children. I really hope I don't grow crazy during pregnancy. How do you handle getting targeted negatively for being conservative? I don't really care about what anybody, including news sources, say online about me anymore. Also, jokes on you guys. I'm actually not conservative. I would say- Wait, I'd no, like, you are. You don't, like- this is one of those things where other people are who decides if you're conservative or not. It isn't, you don't get to make that decision. The temperament of conservatives better than the average temperament of liberals. I think it's harder to offend them, which is satisfying. You know, it's easier to communicate with people that aren't just like, oh, how could you say that all the time? But I'm not particularly conservative. I just kind of want the government to leave people alone. So I'm libertarian. I'm probably libertarian to the right a little bit. I don't think that's conservative. conservative. I don't really like anybody, whatever that political party is. Ooh, you and your husband met and married very fast. You advise this for most people. No, I don't. Definitely not. Again, it's good when she does it, right? It's bad if other people do it good when she does it. Like really, really got along. And I flew back to Toronto and like, maybe a week and a half after that so two and a half weeks after meeting him he told me over the phone he wanted to marry me and i almost i was driving i almost died i was like are you why didn't you say no if you just met two and a half weeks earlier why didn't you be like can we wait maybe i don't know it seems like a seems like let's wait and see Paul, you're younger than me i'm 30 he's 25 it's like you're quite a bit younger than me that seems to pose a problem Second, like I work all the time. So in order for this to work, you're going to have to work all the time. We're going to have to work together. We were already working together. And I had met him and I knew that he was conscientious. Like after two weeks of hanging out or seeing somebody, I'm not even like interested in letting them spend the night two nights in a row. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, dude, come on. I was like, we're gonna have to work all the time. I was like, also, I have a child. I have a child. So there is a child. I also have an ex-husband. Like that's not going away that's a continual relationship anyway i listed a whole bunch of problems and he was like yeah i know it's like okay well that worked for me because i'd met him and i'd already been like i knew what worked for me and i'd never met anybody like him exactly and so i knew that was going to work for me i don't advise it for most people however i also don't advise waiting 13 years what is that about I feel like, well, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, a lot of other options in between two weeks and 13 years. (laughs) Somebody in chat just said beef dating. Oh my God. Two and a half years is reasonable. Like you have the honeymoon period of a year. Um, I have now known Jordan for a year and a half. So I'm over the honeymoon period, still very much in love with him. So that's a relief. But I think at the two year period of like dating somebody, you've passed through the honeymoon period and then you could get married then at least get engaged i think two years is like plenty of time what if you just don't want to get married though like that's fine one like uh 
like a family family friends of ours or a couple who've been together i don't know maybe as long as my parents have uh, you know i don't ask fucking questions super personal questions of my parents friends all the time but they, they never got married i don't think and they're fine guy I used to work with mike is with his girlfriend from high school and he's a couple years older than me and they never got married like what's what's the fucking who fucking cares um probably maybe under a year is a little soon because there's that first kind of nine months of honeymoon period where you don't necessarily argue or know each other very well so no for most people i wouldn't recommend that but also if you've been so don't marry somebody until you've had an argument with them is what she's saying for four years and you're like well just need to get to know them a little bit better and then maybe we'll get a dog like guys you're gonna die at some point maybe okay. hurry it up but then once you're dead it, you're not gonna even know that you're not married <laughs> especially if you want kids and if you don't want kids you should want kids because what are you gonna do when you're old who's gonna take care of you i'm taking care of my parents i'm a very helpful daughter if i do say so myself i feel like that's what when kids are, are useful is when like above the age of 20 and then they can have their own little families you can have grandkids and stuff why wouldn't you want that next encouraged by your post kicking meds are you still taking any prescriptions no i can't take any prescription medication really without experiencing all the side effects listed on the label that's the insert in the bottle right so oh here goes some scientology shit. watch take any antihistamines i can i can take certain painkillers as long as they don't have any preservatives super allergic to sodium metabisulfite which is in almost every painkiller in america i can't take those i can take tylenol kind of and i can take this after party pill isn't that convenient although i wouldn't be selling it if i couldn't take it uh, i don't take any because there's nothing in it no because i i get severe side effects right as soon as i came off of psych meds i came off of psych meds when i was 23 for those of you who don't know me complaining about the pharmaceutical industry and how dangerous psych meds are i came off when i was 23 and since then i really haven't been able to take any so how long until she just goes full scientology i remember if you remember we were watching a video and the, the person she had on i was like this lady sounds a lot like scientology and then we looked her up and i looked her up and we couldn't find any links to scientology but then it turned out that uh, on the Chiron, Michaela Peterson had misspelled her name. <laughs> it was like something like Shelly with an E-Y and not just S-H-E-L-L-Y or some, something like that, where there was an E and E-Y at the end of the name or whatever. And, um, and it turned out the person was associated with the CCHR, a Scientology front group. Um, prescriptions without experiencing severe side effects, like crawling sensations all over my body and extreme volatility, like anger, like punching walls angry and uh doom irritability a lot of psych symptoms sometimes i get hives on my arms so i don't take any prescriptions favorite clothing brand i really like aritzia they have plain clothing so most of my stuff's from aritzia i'm wearing sweatpants right now on the bottom from aritzia and then i really like balmain for the bougie brand i like balmain i think they have very cool clothes How's your sleep? Has it improved? Mom of a nine-month-old and everything wakes me up. No, I am mom of a five-year-old and everything wakes me up. I don't. I think as soon as you have a kid, as a mom, it just damages your brain into never being able to sleep again. I have to sleep. Damages your sleep kids damage your brain. They're no good until they're twenty, and all they're really for there is to take care of you when you're old. So have five of them. My phone next to my ear on airplane mode for all of you health nerds out there. But Wait, I, what? I, health I, nerds? Oh no, the 5G. 
the 5G is going to fry your brain. On airplane mode so that I don't get phone calls. But anyway, white noise and a mask. I use this mask that doesn't squish these eyelashes. Actually, it's gotten it's gotten intense now. My sleeping routine, it's like um, yesterday I put my hair in this weird... I saw it on TikTok. Ugh, I was on TikTok for, for a day. It was horrible. Anyway, it wasn't a whole day. It was a little bit of time. It was awful. But I did see this... Um, thing that you can wrap your hair around make it curly so that it's not damaging so I had like my hair curled and I had like nose tape on so my nose doesn't get puffy in the morning and then I had my eye things on my god that's how I sleep what's your biggest goal of 2023 and what is your smallest so my biggest goal is successfully launching Peterson Academy and my smallest goal is getting my sleep schedule on track because Jordan the introduction of Jordan into my life has severely negatively impacted my sleep. I feel the best when I go to sleep at 10.30 and I wake up at 6.30. And I've been going to sleep at like 12.30 or 1. And it's just been terrible for productivity, for me feeling good, for overall health and well-being. So my smallest goal would be shifting that bedtime backwards back to 10.30. What would you tell young women as their role model? I really look up to you, smiley face. Oh, poor Elizabeth. I would say don't sleep around. It just hurts. That's coming from somebody who- Nope, it's fun. You know, had experiences in university that hurt. So don't do that. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make men want you more. If anything, it works in, in the opposite way. So don't do that and work on yourself. Watch educational podcasts, read books, learn how to do something and get your diet in order, get your sleep schedule on track, exercise. There you go. Do all those things. And then you'll find somebody because you'll be sane. And also don't take birth control. It makes you crazy. How is your current relationship with God? That's an intense question. Uh, I don't know. I think it's good. I think there's more that I could be doing. I was reading the Bible more a year ago. And then since my sleep schedule kind of went off track, I stopped waking up as early and then I stopped reading the Bible in the morning. So I should work on that because I did feel better reading the Bible more. Seems weird. I know to all you people who aren't Christian, that sounds strange. It was strange to me too. It's still strange to me. I don't know how it works exactly, but it makes me feel better. And I haven't been doing it very often. I've been doing it, but not very often. So I should work on that. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to go with the flow you know, when you're trying to make something happen and nothing is working for you, I'm trying to avoid things like that. So if things don't work out that I want to work out, I'm thinking, well, maybe that's not meant to be. Maybe God doesn't want that for me. So I've been trying to operate like that. And it's been good for me, I think, because I like to exert a level of control over everything that isn't good for me. Let go and let God. Me. And so I've let that go a little bit. What are your thoughts on gluten? I don't think anyone should eat gluten. <laughs> of course of not. That it contributes to gut permeability in everyone. It's not made of beef. Not just people with celiac disease. So you shouldn't eat it because it causes gut damage. And even the, you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe you only eat sourdough bread. Maybe it's the super healthy sourdough bread. There's still evidence that the gluten in sourdough bread that's made in the old fashioned way damages your gut. So my thoughts on gluten is everyone should cut out gluten right now and they would feel better. I'm that person around my friends. You're eating a donut. Then I give them the stare. 
Oh, she must be a fucking joy to hang out with. Like, don't bring it into my house. I have celiac disease. I don't want any donut in my house. But it's true. Don't get that crumb on me. I don't know what'll happen. Go crazy. Can we see your forehead more often? You imprison it way too much. What did it ever did do to you? Wait, so, what? Here's my forehead. Look at what it. What a weird Exposed. fucking question. For a while there? We, I, what we, you know, listen, everything's great about your videos, Michaela, but what we need is we need to see your forehead. I thought my forehead was too big, and I've decided it's not too big. I think it's too too fat, too too long. I thought it was too long for a long time. Being female is hard for everybody. Anyway, it's like my forehead's too big. I need bangs. So then I had bangs for a long time, and then this year it was worse. It's like oh my forehead's so big, but that was partly because the focal length was too short on my camera. So it was like stretching my face out, making my nose bigger and like my upper lip bigger and my forehead a little bit bigger. So now my, I'm trying the no bangs look. What did it do to me? It didn't do anything to me. I just thought it was too big. And then I changed my mind. This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. I went back. Uh, nope. Don't use Nord, by the way. Educational background. Okay. So my educational background, I went to Concordia in Montreal, which is basically the school that people go to if they don't get into McGill. And I had my hip an ankle replaced when I was 17. So I missed about a year of high school. And in order to make up that year, it was a huge pain. I missed the last half of one year and the first half of the next year. So it screwed up two years of high school for me and I hated high school. And in order to get all the sciences, I would have had to stay in high school for two extra years. And at that point, I didn't know that you could just take courses online. I just didn't know that. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna catch up on sciences. I'll just go into arts. Anyway, I had a good average out of high school. I think I had a 93 average out of high school. It was a good average, but I didn't get into the program I wanted to at McGill. So I went to Concordia for psychology and a minor in classics. And I did that for two years and I got unbelievably sick and dropped out. And I was so sick year two. I gained about, I'm, I'm 123 pounds right now. I was 145 pounds. So I'd gained. Wait, how tall are you? These are, these are like, nor like. How tall are you? Isn't she kind of tall? Isn't a hundred like? Isn't she like five nine or five ten? Isn't one hundred and forty pounds like a, like a, a normal weight? What do you mean? Years, and um, I was mostly surviving off of Mister Noodles and beer <laughs> and pizza. There's a pizza place right around the corner from me, and I was going crazy and I couldn't get out of bed. Like I couldn't move, and I was very very sick. So I dropped out. I didn't even go to my finals second year. I remember trying to get out of bed and being like, I can't do it. And I'm not somebody who does that. I thought I was, for a while, I thought that everyone had a really, really hard time getting out of bed and I was just lazy. I thought that for a really long time. That wasn't true. I was like deathly ill. Anyway, so I did two years of that. Then I went to makeup school because I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist because one of the things that helped me survive through the hip and ankle replacement was putting on makeup because it was like, okay, I, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm in chronic pain. And putting on makeup at school made me feel like I could survive. So I was like, oh, I want to become a makeup artist and then I can help people, you know, feel like they want to survive. So I did that for about three months and I was like oh my gosh this is my dad was so not impressed my mom was like do what your heart feels and my dad was like you're gonna hate it and this is a bad idea 
And I was like, what do you know, dad? And well, that's that's a good anyway. point of view and if your dad's Jordan right. Peterson. And about three months into it, I was like, I'm going to die of boredom. And I wasn't on a diet. I was, I was taking Adderall at that point to wake up and get out. And I went back to school after that. I got all my high school sciences when I was when I was 22, which was, that was a whole thing. That's very frustrating to have to do that. It's like, well, back in high school, you're joking. So I went back and got my high school scientist, sciences, and then I started taking night school for a biomedical science degree so that I could get good enough grades to get into the day school program. Then I got into the day school program for biomedical science, and I went into biomedical science because I was in makeup school and my wrist was like not working, my right hand. And I went to my rheumatologist and I was like, I think, I think maybe I'm going to need my wrist replaced because this was a, this was quite a bit of pain. I was taking painkillers at night to sleep on my shoulders because my shoulders hurt. And I'd already had my hip and ankle replaced. And he goes, not, <laughs> this is a good rheumatologist in Toronto too. He goes, joint replacements are very rare. It's like, <laughs> not really. I have two. Like what, that's what's going to make me feel better. They're very rare. They're not rare for me. They're fairly common for me. And so my wrist hurt. Like I couldn't lean on my arm to bring myself out of a chair or, or anything. And even just doing fine motor movements. Like I used to do my exams, for instance, when I went into biomedical science, um, I used to do them in a special like disability room that people now take advantage of so that I could type because I couldn't write out the essays because of my wrist. Anyway, so I went into biomedical science and I thought I'd need to get a PhD in microbiology or immunology to figure out my autoimmune disorder. And Wait, what you that. wanted, you wanted, you, you went, what you went to school for microbiology to fucking practice medicine on yourself. That's wild. Also, she said, oh, you know, there's a room for people with disabilities. People take advantage of that, you know, basically saying that people like use it who don't need it or whatever. And that I guess that's bad. But when she needed it, it was there. And that was a good thing. <sighs> that degree, I came across, you know, I was researching the medications I was on and how the immune system works. And I was taking cell biology and things like that. And um I figured out the rash that I had was a celiac disease rash called dermatitis herpetiformis. You guys might know this part of the story that is my life. And um, I started going down the diet route and then the diet just paleo diet, like simplified, very restrictive paleo diet just fixed me. It's like, okay, maybe I don't need a PhD then. What are these food allergies? What's going but on? Wait, no, no, no. I thought wouldn't the point of like going to get that kind of degree be to and i know she's probably not real big on this to help other people isn't that the point of getting like any like any kind of medical training medical degree isn't like thought the main point correct me if i'm wrong i mean I, I could just be totally off base here but i thought people did that to help other people <laughs> not not to diagnose themselves silly me i guess then i went off of antidepressants when my when my arthritis went away and my skin healed, when I went on the paleo diet, and then shit got real. So um, I was in school suffering a lot throughout the antidepressant withdrawal, trying to reintroduce foods to figure out what I was allergic to, hallucinating occasionally from the antidepressant withdrawal. And then like midway through the antidepressant withdrawal, I got pregnant and that was Scarlett. And then my life kind of like blew up. I ended up with a baby, so that's cool. But uh, that's also at the same time, dad got f famous. And so 
Uh, I got pregnant. Famous I, for lying about Bill C-16. Finished. What was I taking? Organic chemistry and immunology during pregnancy. And then I started working for dad when I had Scarlett. Started working for dad because he had all this opportunity and he needed help like organizing podcasts and capitalizing on the opportunity that was presenting itself to him. And I was like, well, this seems like something I should jump on. I'm going to help. And so I didn't go back to school. And he was like, well, are you going to go back to school? I was like, well, do you want me to go back to school or do you want me to help you? Because I can't do the job I'm doing, which was growing social media, managing events. I like hired a different book agent, hired a touring agent because the people who he was working with were gouging him. So I like restructured all that. And I didn't go back to school because one, I had put my autoimmune disorder in to remission, which is why I wanted to go to school in the first place. And two, that's a, I like, money. her reason for wanting to go into medicine. It just boggles my mind. Somebody in chat was saying, oh, you know, it's some people make good money doing medicine. That's, that's true too. And that would be another, I guess, reasonable reason to like want to go into medicine, but to like try to die. I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm just stuck on this and maybe, maybe it's not as like odd as I think it is, but going into medicine to like try to diagnose some illness that you think other people who are medical professionals are just maybe incapable of diagnosing or whatever. That seems like, seems like some delusions of grandeur shit, honestly. Three, some of the things I was learning in school didn't line up with what I was learning from scientific articles online, right? What? Oh no, she did her own research. <laughs> Fuck man. By taking nutrition in school, it's like, well, that's not true. It's like, ah, I don't want to pass tests by lying. So I took two years of biomedical science and two years of psychology and classics, and I have no degree. But maybe with the launch of Peterson Academy, I'll just get a degree from there. <laughs> you just give yourself one. Fuck it. That'd be funny. How's your book coming along? So I've been working on this book since I was 17. Writing is part of what kept me sane through the hip and ankle replacement and like chronic illness. So if I was angry, I wrote down. I've been keeping a journal since grade one. So I have this memoir that I've been writing forever. I've taken a bit of a pause because you wait. Why did you start writing your memoir at 17? Like what kind of delusional motherfucker starts writing their memoir when they're 17? <laughs> I think you gotta, you gotta be a little, you gotta have a little ego going on anyway to like write a memoir, but, um, start that memoir at like fucking 17 is just next level. Right. <laughs> I'm a bit traumatized from what happened to dad. Um, I had PTSD from hospitals which is something that you can get. So I had that and I was managing that and trying to desensitize myself by like exposing myself to hospitals. Um, and then dad and mom got sick and it was like, oh, I have to go into these places in order to visit them. And then I took care of dad for two years and it was the worst experience of my entire life. The amount of suffering he had was unbearable to watch. You know that um, scene in Harry Potter when they're sh showing the Cruciatus curse to the bug? That's what dad looked like for two years. A bug? So um, I'm still processing that. And so if I get too stressed or if I stay up too late, then I start having flashbacks of like Russian hospital, Serbian hospital, stupid Canadian hospital. And... I've written like one draft of what happened, but I haven't gone back and edited it because 
I'm stressed. We, we on this very channel watched her and her dad go over at length what happened. And parts of the story seemed fabricated. Uh, Media Wench, co-host for oftentimes Cults in the Satanic Panic, thought the whole story was fabricated. Stressed out about it still. But I feel like I'm almost able to do that. So I, I, I woke up this morning, for instance, I'm, I woke up too early and then I was awake in bed and I was just like revisiting what's happened over the last number of years. And I need to get this book out of me desperately. It's torturing me. And I need to write down all these memories so that I can put them in a nice little memoir and then get it out of me. And so that's still going to happen. I think maybe March, I'll sit down for a month and just solidly write. I have way more than I need for a book already, and I haven't even written the last couple of years. And I kept wanting to finish the book, but I couldn't finish it because it was like, hey, I had an autoimmune disorder, and then I found this crazy diet that nobody believes, although some people believe it and it's working for them. Uh, and then my dad got famous and and now he's really sick, the end. Like I couldn't end it. Or now I'm in the middle of a divorce, the end. And it just wasn't a good well, story. So I kept waiting. Michaela, that's why people usually write their memoir once they're retired, <laughs> once they're old. Because if you try to write a memoir when you're 30, you're just going to end up, more stuff's going to keep happening to you. And you're going to be like, well, I guess I have to update my memoir. Waiting for my life to, and my family's lives to sort themselves out so that the memoir has a good ending and it has a good ending right now. So I should write it really quick. Maybe in March. I'm going to call it could be worse because that's what I told myself a lot when I was suffering. Like, well, it's bad, but it could be worse. I don't know why that made me feel better. Dad hated that. How much of marriage is about predetermined compatibility and how much is about effort? So this is one of those things that kept me in a marriage I shouldn't have been in for too long. Uh, it shouldn't be constant effort. I don't believe that. I don't think it should be constant effort. It should almost all be about predetermined compatibility. They're no, get along with wait, you. no, it's both. If you're compatible with somebody, it's still, you still have to like work at your relationship. The people who stay together are constantly working on their relationship, even if they're not really aware that the things they're doing are working on their relationship, getting better at getting better at being in a relationship. People you don't, if you marry one of those people you don't get along with, how much effort can you push into that to make it work? So predetermined compatibility. There's also this interesting. But the effort that, needs to happen when you're not fighting, when you are getting along is when you need to be investing time and energy into your relationship. I just read about on Twitter the other day, and then I read the actual study that was off of Twitter. Um, and they did, I'm just going to butcher this, but they did fMRIs to monitor brain waves. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to find it. I'm just going to butcher it. They just, they found out that it wasn't just personality traits that made you attracted to somebody. You had similar brain waves. So the vibe thing that I've been talking about a little bit about chakras, baby chakras, your chakras need to be in line around someone. You get a good vibe. That's a real thing. So with attraction, yeah. And ignore intuition because I thought that that wasn't scientific or something ridiculous instead of understanding that 
I'm picking up on things that maybe I can't verbalize, but they're real. Anyway, I'm going to put a screenshot of that study up here. A screenshot of the study. Thanks. If you want. It's very interesting. My understand myself results don't reflect myself at all. Can I take it again? So I've been doing, you know, running the marketing teams for my dad's brands as well. And he's got these two products. Um, whoop. He's got these two products understand myself and self-authoring, very useful products, can be very helpful for people. And on understand myself, it's like, only take this once. I was like, that's the worst sales pitch I have ever heard. Don't put only take this once on the website. Dad. How much is the understand myself test? <laughs> you could sell it multiple times. Anyway. <laughs> yep, fucking I nailed it. You could actually sell. You could sell this fucking weird personality quiz multiple times. I fucking nailed that shit. I know these people better than they know themselves. And I don't know if that's good for me, actually. have taken that probably eight times um, over the period of my life. Before it was understandmyself.com. You had to manually score your personality. I used to give those to people I dated and then add up their personality traits. Be like, you're a psychopath. That sounds interesting. Somebody gives me a fucking personality test. If I'm just starting to date them, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like, do not give me a weird personality test. You're weird. Uh, I'll pick up the check. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so, yes, you can take it again. Just don't lie on it. Like, don't manipulate the answers. Look at the question and just answer the question. Don't think about the answer. Well, uh, wait, don't think about the answer. Just answer. And then you can do it multiple times. I took it throughout my diet experience uh, to see if my personality traits changed throughout, you know, coming off of medication and getting healthy. And the only thing that changed is my politeness level went way down and uh, my neuroticism level went way down. My neuroticism level is at like 20 now. Things just don't really bother me. That's not and what neuroticism is, but okay. 99. But that was with psych meds and like seven medications and Adderall making me crazy. So yes, you can take it again. Take it again. Just don't lie on it. What do you think you'd be doing for a career if your dad wasn't Jordan Peterson? Before dad got famous i started writing a blog called don't eat that which is now <laughs> it just shows pictures of things that aren't fucking beef or lamb and it's like don't eat it don't touch that shit this is a broccoli don't eat it don't eat the broccoli diet.com and i started getting invited onto podcasts this is before i went on rogan um to talk about diet my experience with diet so i do think that even if dad wasn't my dad I would have gone down the diet route and tried to educate people on what had helped me. That's where I would have started. I would have written my book because I'd already been writing my book and I really enjoy podcasting. So I may have just started a podcast anyway. Well, you don't actually know because you'd be an entirely different person if your dad was someone else. So I might be in a similar place. I wouldn't be launching Peterson Academy, you know, if dad wasn't my dad. Maybe I would have finished my biomedical science degree. But I think I would have just gone into the diet route instead because that works for chronic disease. I think I would be in a similar place, but I wouldn't be launching Peterson Academy. And I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have as much of an audience for sure. Um, it would have just started in the diet realm and kind of spread out from there. Who is someone you really want to have on the podcast? No one is too far-fetched. Dave Portnoy. He's so entertaining. He's such a dick. 
He's hilarious. Who? I want to have him on my podcast. Who else? I'd like to have Andrew Schultz on. He said yes, and now I'm putting in a podcast, so you're going to look like a dick if you don't come on. Tom and Christina Segura. Those are three good people. Gabor Mate. I would like to talk to him. I mean, everyone wants to talk to Elon Musk, right? So No, not really. What do you think of psychedelics? Like psilocybin used more to treat depression. I think psychedelics are so much safer than antidepressants. It's a great idea. I would say it's a great idea. Be careful. Um, trying to find a practitioner that can walk you through your trip. But I've found them extremely beneficial. I think that they can really help open your eyes. They can increase your openness. And being more open, generally speaking, is a good thing. So I'm a huge proponent, proponent of psychedelics. Um, now, don't do so many that you end up in a loony bin, specifically psilocybin. Okay, I'll end with this one because people ask me this all the time. Does Scarlett get to see her dad? Yes, we co-parent. So she's with uh, Andre half the time. I think that's good. I have to run and do something else. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, thank you for watching. And I guess subscribe if you want to see more content like this. And me My not look God, that was one of the most vapid things I've ever seen in my life. Fucking delusional. And like, <clears throat> I guess like whatever. If we're going to end the year of intellectual Dollar Tree, we may as well end it with the fucking beef lady talking about herself. I don't know. Seem to me like, th seems to me like this, this family has some problems. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the family. They just seem like they, they might have some problems and, um, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be good if they like, I don't know, saw a, a psychologist, like not their dad, not Peter, not Jordan Peterson, but like they got some family therapy or something. I don't know what's going on with this family. They're weird. They're weird. If I don't know, like, what would it be like if they weren't rich? Like, cause when people are fucking bonkers, but they're rich, everybody's like, oh, they're eccentrics. Well, if you're not rich and you're bonkers, they just think you're bonkers. So I just don't like, maybe if, maybe if they weren't rich and if Jordan Peterson had never become famous, maybe it wouldn't even be like this though. I don't know. I'm just sorry to everyone for fucking making you watch or listen to this honestly and that's been the intellectual dollar tree for this week it's been a short one usually this shows about an hour and a half we came in at just under 50 minutes this week but that's okay we're giving away all the shows uh the bonus uh the stuff on patreon basically we're giving it all away for free this this uh month or this week i'm sorry so head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex you can download uh, the full uh video and audio of this and while you're there consider becoming a member um, we get most of our support on Twitch and, uh, through our merch shop, but Patreon's a great, great way to support us, especially if you can't catch the live show. Maybe you, uh, go to bed early or whatever, and you can't catch the live show. You can always, you'll always be able to get the entire live show from our Patreon. And, um, yeah, we're not pushing Patreon hard enough. We probably should be pushing that a little bit harder. Um, it's been a great year for the intellectual dollar tree, uh, year over year on the podcast, this 500% over last year. Um, it's huge, absolutely fucking huge. And it's mostly because I think the Twitch community here maybe tells people about the pod, et cetera, et cetera. And I appreciate that. And, uh, if you're not part of the Twitch community, you should, uh, think about following us twitch.tv slash echoplex media. And as always for the end of the show, this is boomers by Periscope, what a great fucking song. And, uh, I'll be back with uh, a cocktail and the lights will be red in just a minute or I guess four minutes.
nights at 9 p.m., it's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.